Welcome to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense, deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the intuitive therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. So glad y'all are here today. I thought about starting out in a different way because I always say, hey, y'all. But I think that's that's kind of my thing. So I'm going to stick to that instead of go, hey, how y'all doing? So it's just going to be, hey, y'all. So at least y'all know it's me. Well, welcome back. Glad you're here with me listening today. I hope today, uh, today's episode supports you in your journey to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Uh, and in fact, on that journey, uh, really, is an evaluation of your self-worth. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today, which is how to reclaim your self-worth if you feel like, A, maybe you didn't have any, B, if you lost some, or C, if you'd like to continue to improve your self-worth. So I know that for anybody, any human being, you're going to experience ups and downs in your life. And I don't mean that uh, as blandly as I say it, but yeah, life is full of ups and downs, and it's up to each of us to figure out how we define who we are because of what happens to us. And I say that because that's what we do. Um, most of us, and most of the time, that's what we do. When things happen, um, somehow it's uh, especially, uh, well, it's both. If if good things happen, then it's a mutually exclusive experience for us to call ourselves winners or succeed, you know, people who've succeeded um, or successful, whatever the words are, or that we're smart, we're beautiful, we're all of these really great things. Same thing is when bad things happen that we consider bad. We label ourselves loser, failure, inadequate, not good enough, fat, ugly, uh, not worthy, all of those things. So you have the power to determine who you are based on how you interpret the experiences that you have. So when I first began to craft my thoughts about the topic of self-worth, I kind of started out with, well, many of the most successful people struggled with low self-worth. And then I changed that statement. I thought about that and I said, you know what? Every successful person has struggled with low self-worth. And when I say successful, I don't, I don't necessarily mean financially. Um, if you really look at all these amazing people, Jillian uh, Michaels, you look at Oprah, Barbara Streisand, you look at Dwayne Johnson, you look at Kobe Bryant, you look at uh, Venus, Serena Williams, uh, Tony Robbins, on and on and on and on. And then even uh, think about the people in your life that have become known or successful uh, for something in particular. 10 out of 10, 
they've struggled with self-worth issues. I will say hand to God they have. Um, and I, you probably saying, well, Janice, how can you make such a blanket statement like that? Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because I have not only been in the business that I'm in for 27 years, and I've worked with a wide variety of clients, many of whom are extremely successful. Some multimillionaires uh, have come to me and, and allowed me, trusted me to help them through things and also to help them work with their businesses. Um, but having read, I read a lot. I love to read. I love to learn about how people create success in their lives, because that's important to me, because that's really, I'm in the business of eliminating pain and suffering for people, but I'm also in the business of helping people create success in their lives. And that can mean emotional, psychological, financial, spiritual, uh, whatever capacity you can think of, physical. So, Everything that I've read, everything that I've watched, everything that I've done and come to come to know, not only in my work with my clients, but in my own life, um, what I know is for sure that um, most of these people, if not all of these people who are extremely successful, uh, they've reached a specific level of success because they have come from a place of pain. So... And the pain that they felt is they felt compelled to prove their worthiness so that they did not have to identify themselves as somebody who had their past experiences. Let me clarify that. I don't mean that they're in denial about what they've been through, but the pain that propels people to be successful has everything to do with not wanting to have the past be the only uh, defining conditions to who they are. So I want you to think about yourself in your life. I want you to think about your past, how it shaped you, how you still continue to identify with it. I want you to think about the people that you admire, whether they're famous or not. What do they do to show that they value themselves? That's what I want you to think about as I talk about this today. And I know for sure that these people have have a, 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 com a compelling desire to prove their worthiness because that, that's been my life. Uh, Y'all have heard me talk in other episodes about what I believed about myself for many, many years of my life. Decades of wasted, wasted energy, really, feeling like the black sheep of the family, the family screw up. Uh, and, and really could not get out from under myself until I made a switch. And there's a quote um, I want to share with you by M. Scott Peck. He's a psychologist. And the quote is, until you value yourself, you won't value your time. And until you value your time, you will not do anything with it. And I want you to think about that as I, as I, again as I talk about this. So simply stated, when we talk about what self-esteem is, and as you think about you in your life, as you think about the people in your life, uh, if you, as you think about where you've been and where you are now, bottom line is self-esteem is how you feel about yourself and how you judge your worth, period. And this evaluation has a profound effect on the choices that you make since it, it really determines to a great extent 
what you consider yourself capable and worthy of doing. And it is so true, right? So the quote I just mentioned speaks to the, it's a cyclical relationship between self-esteem and your actions. Um, I, I work with many, many clients where the core of their challenge is really uh, feeling good about who they are, their capacities, and actually loving who they are. So many of us, we have such self-loathing for how we fucked up and how we've made mistakes and how people have judged us that we internalize all of that. And that's where, uh, that's really the, the first biggest mistake. So if you value yourself and you value your time, you're absolutely going to do things that are meaningful, which in turn makes you more valuable to yourself and to the world around you. Because that's really what it comes down to. And without a proper amount of self-valuing, think about it. If you don't feel good about yourself, you're not going to pursue activities that reinforce you feeling good, right? You're going to get stuck in a cycle of devaluing yourself and not doing anything meaningful to, uh, to boost your self-worth. Um, I have a client I was thinking about, uh, worked with the other day who was very, very stuck. She, she literally was screaming in my office, I can't take this anymore. I can't take this anymore. She wasn't suicidal because she doesn't want to die, but she is so sick and tired of the pain that she's in. And so I ask her, I say, so what are you going to do about it? And she looks at me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, no, you know, what are you going to do? Because here's what I know. The best way to stop a pattern of thinking that doesn't help you is to take action in a different direction. Again, I'm going to repeat that. The best way to stop a specific pattern of thinking is to take action in a different direction and in a direction that propels you forward. I had a dear friend. Uh, unfortunately, we're no longer uh, friendly anymore. I had to kind of cut it off because it wasn't a very healthy friendship for me. But we had been friends for for a good uh, four decades, in all honesty. Um, and I loved her dearly. Um, but ultimately, I had to let go of that relationship for, for whatever reasons. But she was always the sweetest person. But she ended up not finishing college. That was the, that was the start for her. She didn't finish college. She ended up getting married, um, had a couple of kids, but just was perpetually stuck. And no matter how much we spoke, no matter how, what, what stops I pulled out to, to try to get her motivated, encouraged, uh, plan, like, you know, it's, having me in your back pocket's a pretty good deal, especially when you don't have to pay for my services and I'm your friend and I love you. Like, that's pretty cool. But she never really took risks. She never, ever did. And so her story, who she is, is of this girl who failed, like she just felt inadequate that, and, and really never pursued a career and had a lot of self-loathing and constantly beat herself up. And it caused problems in the relationship with her husband, um, because, you know, on the one hand, he's saying, hey, I'll support you, you raise the kids. But over time, she would end up be spending money and kind of hoard stuff. 
And um, he's like, you know, you got you got to do something with your life. And she just kind of never did. And so she has been stuck in that space, um, really knowing that uh, having and having a lot of regret about what she could have done, who she could have been, uh, the, the role models she could have been to her, her children. And so I think that happens to people more often than not, is that they get caught up in feeling like they, they can't change their path. And so they're stuck. And so they can't be more than who they are at that present moment. So if you're somebody who feels poorly about yourself, you, you're really going to most likely judge yourself to be inferior to others. And in all honesty, you're at risk then of not fulfilling your true potential, just like my former friend. Uh, you're not going to take initiative to set and pursue goals. You might not put much effort or really any effort, in all honesty, into training or education or your career. You may accept poor treatment by your family members, partners, and friends. And many, if not all of y'all who strive to be successful, really, you've struggled or are struggling with self-worth issues such as self-doubt, insecurities, fear of poverty, and a deep-seated belief that your worthiness and value is based on your achievements. So many people get caught up in that shit. If I don't have a college degree, how can I be anybody? I can't start a business. Uh, you know, people aren't going to take me seriously. Do, do you know how many people do not finish school and have become multimillionaires? Do, do you know? Lots of people. So while, yes, education is important, and yes, you need to pursue education to if it allows you to feel good about yourself, and you can create your life not necessarily having to have education, but based on a desire for you to uh, achieve a dream. So low self-esteem can be a very powerful, motivating factor behind a person's drive to succeed. Particularly relevant is the fact that a person with low self-esteem is continually striving to prove their worthiness, accomplishing one thing after the next. Now, like I said, I've worked with uh, people along the socioeconomic spectrum. And I'll tell you, I've worked with a number of multimillionaires um, who've come to me, really, the thing that they say, y'all, is that they feel unfulfilled. These people have more money than Jesus, and they aren't happy. And so when we get into the weeds of why they're not happy, ultimately, we know money does not bring you happiness. Doing things, indulging, being of service, contributing, that money does, right? So it didn't matter how much money these people made, how successful they were, how famous they were, well-known. They did not feel good about themselves. They struggled. Many of them came from backgrounds where... Uh, they were either beaten as children, they had a, an uh, addicted parent, uh, they, were, uh, they were sexually assaulted, whatever it was, but they, they had a huge, huge hole in their lives of trauma. And so what they had to do is they had to overcompensate to feed the need of their child state. And if you remember, uh, in other episodes, I've talked about the child state, the mini-me, the inner guru. Go back and listen to that one, and you'll understand what I mean by that. And when we have child states that haunt us, we can never be satiated. 
and so many people. Uh, and I've told this story over and over again. You know, Barbara Streisand was interviewed by Oprah. They're two of the richest women on the face of this earth, and they both still feel like poor girls, even though they can afford to buy anything. So that sticks with you. It haunts you. But it doesn't mean you have to live life being haunted. It just means that you develop an awareness of what, what is driving you to achieve. So it really can be a very motivating factor behind a person's success. And really, you know, like I said, particularly relevant is the fact that a, a person with low self-esteem is really continually try, striving to prove their worthiness and accomplishing this goal and then the next goal. I was um, connecting with something I had read before by uh, a clinical social worker named Sharon Martin. She's written about this, and I wanted to share with you some of her content because I could not have put it together any better. So I want to uh, for sure give her credit for, uh, for this next part. Um, she wrote about five myths about self-worth, five truths about self-worth, and I'm going to talk about some other stuff, too, uh, that I'm going to get to. So really, uh, what she talks about is individuals with low self-esteem, they have a deep-seated and faulty belief that a person's value is based on their achievements. And here are these five myths about self-worth. First, self-worth is based on your ability to earn it. It's what you do that determines your worthiness, and you have to work hard to get it. And if you're not working hard and achieving, there's no reason to feel good about yourself. I will tell you this, I used to get stuck on this all the time because I have such a big dream and I've had such a big dream for my life and I would compare myself to others um, and that if I wasn't doing what they were doing or earning as much money as they were or not being known as much as they were and uh, not achieving, then I didn't feel like I was working hard enough that that perfectionist part of me that is just so freaking lovely. The second one is self-worth is the result of external events. Like it's derived from an external event in your life, such as good grades, degrees, promotions, praise, recognition, awards, and lofty job titles. You strive to achieve to fill the need to feel better about yourself. The third myth is that self-worth is the result of being better than everybody else. You compete with others and have to be doing better than everyone else. It's difficult for you to celebrate the success of others because it reminds you of your need to be one step ahead. You have to be the one to always shine. The fourth myth about uh, self-worth is that feeling good about yourself requires consistent proof. When the glow of one accomplishment begins to dim, you are revisited with your quiet insecurity. You seek some form of recognition to prove that you are indeed worthy. And this quest feeds into a tendency to succeed because you alone are never enough. Same thing with one of my clients specifically, uh, where it didn't matter how, uh, how much money he earns, it's never enough. So therefore, he's never enough, even though he has, has a great deal of confidence. The last, the fifth one is self-worth requires feeling admired and loved. Love, adoration, or approval from others enhances your feelings of worthiness. If you love and adore me, I must be worthy. Think about those five. How many of those do you connect with? 
If that's the case, keep listening, please. I want to tell you more. So there are a number of factors that influence how people cultivate a poor sense of self. I've talked about a couple, but I'm going to go through this list that I developed, and I want you to to kind of really think about your life. Um, and especially when I when I mention these things, I want you to, of course, you acknowledge them, you know them, you know what's happened in your life, and then I want you to think about and what's next. So perhaps you had negligent parents who didn't give you what you needed emotionally. Maybe you didn't get the guidance or supervision you needed, and you were left to your own devices to raise yourself. Perhaps you were physically or sexually abused by one of your parents, or they had substance abuse problems, or they didn't protect you when somebody uh, uh, sexually abused you. Um, Maybe they had mental health challenges that prevented them from being the parent you needed them to be. Maybe you had been treated negatively by your peers, bullied, harassed, humiliated, rejected, ostracized. I know what that's like. And it really can burn a hole in your psyche for sure. It did for me for a while. For both men and women, you can struggle with body image issues. Lord knows there is so much pressure put on us to be perfect and therefore socially acceptable that we try whatever we can to fit in to be just the right weight, have the best muscle tone, all in the name of being someone who was liked, accepted, and perceived as valuable. I have several clients who... Uh, who unfortunately their parents have had their own issues with body image and they have screwed up their kids. So um, it can be very easily done by parents who uh, haven't yet dealt with their issues. Maybe you felt like you, you can't escape your previous bad choices and you become locked into a certain pattern of decision making and acting. So you resign yourself to believing that you can't change your patterns or your life and therefore you continue to make choices that reinforce your own negative self-view. Now think about that one. I did that for a long time. Um, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's almost like you know you're better than what you do, but you can't seem to be to do anything different. It's almost like even if you try something different, it ends up being the same. And so it just proves other people's points that uh, you suck at decision-making and you have poor judgment. And I will tell you that's not true. Because the one thing that will allow you to change a pattern like that is if you start really taking stock of the things I'm about to tell you so that you can develop a healthy self-perception. So while low self-esteem, it really can be a catalyst for success, it can also come at a high personal cost and it can really spiral you down into feeling anxious and depressed. So if you're doing well on the outside but suffering on the inside, it really is important to recognize um, what I'm about to tell you, these five truths. So really, how do you recover from having low self-esteem? So I want you to think about these truths. This is from the same author, Sharon Martin. So she talks about five truths about self-worth. The first You don't have to prove your worthiness. Yes, it's a myth that you have to earn your worthiness. The truth is, you were born worthy. You have heard we're all created in in God's image. And and God is the purest form of anything, of goodness and of innocence. And so we're all created in that image. So we've got a golden ticket from the get-go. 
regardless of what happens to us in our lives, regardless of the environment or upbringing, you're worth it already. The second truth about self-worth is external measures do not add or take away from your worthiness. So since you're born worthy, successes and failures don't add or detract from your inherent worthiness. Now, this is one you've got to be mindful and consciously work on because that can sound like a crock of you know what. Uh, it's almost like you really have to, to be in a mindset and develop a mindset and I think this really takes people uh, a lot of time as they grow up to reach this point to be able to do this, that, that really you go through life and whatever happens, the bottom line is that it doesn't impact who you are, but it can increase and detract from your quality of life, right? So that's the point of this one is no matter what happens, it doesn't detract from your worthiness. You're already worthy, okay? The third is... When you compare yourselves to others, it's a waste of time and energy. And boy, that is the truth. And do I still do it sometimes? Yep, I will be honest. Um, I do it a lot less now because I've worked on myself and I've built myself up uh, to a point where I really, really can take stock in my self-worth. Um, you don't have to prove your worth. It's already there. So it doesn't matter how you compare to others. The biggest challenge that we have is, it's, and I have to say this, because uh, I've just been guided to tell you this, is that, you know, we we are our own biggest competitors. It's nothing to do with all these other people doing these other things. When we take notice of what other people do that we feel maybe jealousy or envy, uh, envious of, I want you to know that that is a bell, a ringer, a ding-dong that's going on inside you telling you, alerting you to move in that direction. It literally is like other things don't trip you up, right? You don't compare yourself to maybe a, a world uh, a WWE wrestler and, and uh, compare your life to that or to a shoe salesman or to a construction person. Like think about all the things that don't ruffle your, your feathers. But there's certain things that do because you know inherently you want to achieve that level for yourself. So we are our worst and best competitors. You are enough just as you are is number four. Right here, right now, there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing. Simply, simply stated, in order to change anything in your life, you change three things. The language you use to talk about yourself in your life, the things that you believe about yourself in your life and focus on and give energy to. And the third is what action you take, what massive action you take. And the fifth is really to think about the fifth truth is in, if, if you can't improve your self-worth on your own, seek out somebody who can help you, whether it's a, a coach, a therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, find somebody who can truly, truly help you shed all these yucky layers that you've been carrying around. So really, sometimes the things that you end up struggling with the most can turn out to be helpful in ways that you really never expected. So I ask you to really use your life in that way. I always ask you to use your life in that way. Uh, and setting goals and wanting to achieve success, really in life, it, it's admirable. But you have to take care 
that you don't use it as a measure of, of your self-worth. Achievement is not equivalent to self-worth. To really to live a happy and content life, you've got to learn how to recognize and embrace, embrace your worthiness regardless of what you accomplish. It is enough that you're you. And as you think about your life, I want you to think about the way that you can feel most wonderful about yourself is being of service. That's, that's where we find fulfillment in helping others. So think about that. I hope today's topic about self-worth has been enlightening in some way. I, I really do. I hope that you have found the podcast helpful. You know, I always urge everybody, and I'm so grateful for the ratings and the, the, uh, the reviews I'm getting, more and more coming in each day. Please hop over to iTunes, click on the rate and review section of my podcast, and, and please rate and write a quick review. Um, the, more, the more ratings and reviews I get, the more people I can reach. And uh, like I always say, you want a reading, give me a call, 404-558-3971. Reach out to me via email or my website. My website is JaniceRCohen.com. My email is Janice at JaniceRCohen.com. I'd love to help you out. If you're ready to take the plunge and do some work and really change your life, it it would be my honor to help you. Uh, And I'm happy to do a, a consultation with you to determine what services would suit you best. As always, I wish you a wonderful day, a blessed week, and always live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes. 